Welcome to Inner Peace to Go, your source for practical, proven strategies to reduce stress and make life easier. I'm your host, Sandy Cohen, and I am so glad you're here. Let's dig in. Hey, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to Inner Peace to Go. And today we're talking about something that could be frustrating, but also empowering. And that is inner peace takes action. This was really hard for me to grasp. I was so down to like intellectualize everything and not so down to explore my thoughts and take action to create a more peaceful life for myself. But what I've learned is that you can read all the self-help and psychology and spiritual books in the world, but until you take action, until you take meaningful steps towards living the kind of life that you're hoping these books will help you live, the benefit is nowhere near as powerful as it could be. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say the benefit is really minimal because I had read so many books about inner peace, but I didn't really do anything like I I read them and I felt like okay now I have this knowledge this is what I need to live a more peaceful life to feel more at ease inside my own skin to not like hate everything about myself and to not feel stressed to the max all the time like I've read all these books I know a bunch of stuff but until I changed my behavior like until I made effort to notice my thoughts or take better care of myself or question certain thoughts or set boundaries. Like until I did that stuff, all the knowledge in the world kind of couldn't really help me. And in some ways it almost made things worse because it's like, I know better, but I'm not doing better. And that was frustrating to me because I like to read and I like to learn. And it's like, I'm down to learn all that stuff. But actually it's really empowering when you think about it because you don't have to Basically, you don't have to read any of the books or study anything. And if you start taking action towards living a more grounded and peaceful and less stressed life, then you benefit. You benefit as much as the person who read a zillion books and waited to take action. You know, it's in the action. And it's funny. So I I have this therapist who I love very much. And she used to tell me, you can't think your way into well-being you can only act your way into well-being. Oh, and I was so frustrated by that. <laughs> I was like, why can't I just think my way there? But it was so obvious that that's what I had been trying to do and I wasn't getting anywhere. So yeah, you can't think your way into well-being. You can only act your way into well-being. And when I talk about inner peace here, like in the whole idea of inner peace to go, it's really about well-being. It's really about feeling okay inside yourself, feeling like the storms of life aren't going to take you out as soon as the first wind blows, feeling like your feet are on the ground, you're not making rash decisions, like feeling like you're just solid in yourself, feeling like you have your own back, feeling like everything around you isn't an emergency, like the, the place is not on fire, just feeling sort of centered and at ease and feeling like you're your own friend. That's all what I mean by inner peace. And I think that's also what is meant by well-being, including feeling like you have, you know, your maximum health that you can have. Feeling like you're like taking good care of yourself, like you're treating yourself like someone you love. 
And it's a process, right? It's not like, oh, I've arrived. Okay, great. Bye. It's a process and it's ongoing. But this is what I mean by inner peace. And this is what my therapist meant by acting your way into well-being. So what does it mean to act our way into well-being? Well, most of it is pretty simple, but not easy. So a couple of the really tangible things that we can do to act our way into well-being are the tried and true basics of good health and self-care, which are sleep, exercise, and being kind to your body when it comes to food and vices. So I've talked about sleep before on this podcast. I Sleep is one of those things that in our culture we treat as kind of disposable and, you know, um, not a priority. But sleep is so essential in so many ways. Like if you can just get a little more sleep, you will be taking care of your well-being. Sleep not only improves our mood, like we all know, if on a night that you didn't sleep well or you really like burnt the candle at both ends, your mood is short the next day. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. Like you have less patience, you're less tolerant, you're more likely to snap, you might be cranky. All of those things happen when we haven't slept well. But the other thing that sleep does is actually a physical thing, which is when you are sleeping, your brain kind of cleans out all the gunk that it has built up over the days, weeks, months, years, right? So when you are sleeping, that's when your brain does its thing. That's when the cerebrospinal fluid flushes through your system, not just your brain, your whole body, and gets rid of junk, gets rid of toxins and plaques and things we don't want. So Sleep is so essential. I was very slow to prioritize it for myself, but having done so, I'm really religious about it now. And exercise is another one. So exercise doesn't mean you have to like lift weights or go to um, CrossFit or any of that. Exercise is literally just moving your body, moving the physical vessel of you and it is surprising how good it can make you feel. I used to exercise because of the I wanted to look a certain way. So I wanted to be skinny. And so I would exercise in hopes of like changing the shape of my body so that it would be skinnier. Over the years, I've learned to sort of release that. You know, some days are better than others. But what I really know now is that exercise is so much for your brain. Like your body gets to come along and have a, you know, yes, it's good for your body, but exercise is really, really good for your brain. And your brain is where inner peace lives. Your body too, yes. But your brain is the operating center for for everything, right? So the other day, I didn't sleep that well. I'm not even sure why. It's just one of those days where you didn't sleep that well. And I felt um, low mood the next day like kind of like not excited and, you know, I won't say hopeless, but not as much hope and stuff that I usually have. Things didn't feel as possible as they can. And I was a little low, but I rallied and I went for a walk. That was it. Just a walk, not like a speed walk, just a walk. And I felt so much, but like my mood was so much better. Like, yes, you know, my body like got activity and that's great. I was probably out for like 45 minutes, um, but my mood really lifted. So that's another way that you can act yourself, act your way into well-being is by moving your physical body, 
even if it's dancing around the apartment or stretching, moving your physical body is really, really a way to act your way into well-being, not just thinking about. And that's another actually perfect example, right? Like we reading all the self-help books and thinking about well-being is like reading an exercise book and wanting to be in shape as a result. Like it takes action. You could read an exercise book and you'll know a bunch of stuff, but unless you do the exercise, your body isn't changing, your health isn't changing. So it's the same when it comes to well-being in our minds and, and the inner peace that I'm talking about. And then be kind to your body with food and vices. You know, I was terrible about this for many, many years. And, you know, I've talked on this podcast before about drinking too much wine and smoking too much pot. And I certainly punished myself with food, just, you know, dumping in junk. And and that's another way that we can physically act our way to well-being is treating our body like it belongs to someone we love and how powerful that is. And how that really does send a message to your entire being that, yes, I'm caring for this one. This one right here, this me I've got, I'm taking good care of her or him. And then a really, really important place where we need to take action is looking at our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs and becoming intentional about them. Like that is where it's all at. Because what we think, feel, and believe dictates so much of our behavior, dictates our worldview, our perspective. It is, I mean, we're processing everything. As I just said a second ago, we're processing everything through our brain. So the way we are thinking about things, our beliefs about how things ought to be in the world, how our body ought to look, etc., And then our feelings, like if we have anger or sadness or loneliness or any number of the many, many feelings that are available to humans... If we are either ignoring those or denying those or suppressing them, like we are not feeling the kind of grounded inner peace that we're talking about, that we're after. And it's interesting, when I was early in my graduate program, I had a teacher, he was the professor who taught the health coaching program. He's actually been on this podcast, I should put a link in the show notes, but he said something that really stuck with me, which is, Thinking is a health behavior because it's something we do. It's a health behavior because it's something we do. That's important to remember because thinking is something that we do. So often it feels like our thoughts are just happening. They're happening to us. And I mean, yes, the brain makes, you know, the mind makes thoughts like that does happen. But we can think with intention. We can set the intention to notice what are we thinking? Do we want to be thinking that? We can notice, oh, I have this belief. I wonder if it's true. We can get curious. We can notice our feelings. Oh, where is that in my body? Like, ah, I feel this kind of tightness in my chest or I feel like a rumbling, you know, sort of in my gut that's like, oh, uncomfortable. What is that? What is that? What does that feel like? What is that sensation? What does that mean? What is my body trying to tell me? You know, it, for me, and I think for so many of us, it can be so uncomfortable to really excavate and examine our thoughts and feelings. Like, we don't want to do it. I mean, I certainly, certainly have resisted that with a number of therapists over many, many years, you know. I remember I was complaining to the same therapist who told me that you, you know, you can't think your way into well-being. 
I was like, oh, but it's like so awful to dig into all these thoughts and feelings. And I, you know, I've behaved in ways that I don't like and, and I don't like what I think sometimes. And, and I was like, do I really have to do this to, you know, feel better? And she goes, well, Sandy, of course you can live an unexamined life. And her tone and her face completely said like, yeah, girl, why would you even want to do that? Why'd you even come to therapy? Like you came here to know yourself and to feel better. I was dealing with the diagnosis of anxiety. I mean, I needed to, to get better. So feelings and thoughts can be uncomfortable to look at, but it is essential to know what's going on in there in your beautiful mind. I had a different therapist many years earlier, you know, when I also was resisting this uh, excavation and examination of thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. And, and he told me, you know, the painful thoughts that you have inside or painful feelings, they don't hurt you more when you look at them. They hurt you more when you suppress them or deny them or numb them out with booze and whatever. Like the painful thoughts, as much as we are reluctant to explore them, it is through exploring them and feeling those uncomfortable feelings that we actually free them and free ourselves. Like feelings need to be experienced to be released. That's why you can't think your way to well-being. I've had a teacher before who said, you know, feelings are like visitors. They're on the porch knocking at the door. And if you let them in, they're not going to stay forever. They're going to come in, they're going to have a visit, and they're going to go. But if you don't let them in, they're staying on the porch knocking at the door. And that's creating such distress and discomfort inside of us. So we have to look at them, even if we don't want to. If we want to feel peace, if we want to feel grounded, if we want to feel like we know ourselves and we can trust ourselves and, and we feel solid and like we have our own back, we have to know what's going on in our mind and body and heart. We have to know. We have to look at it. And we can go little by bit. We don't have to jump all in. But it is an essential part of acting our way to well-being is being intentional about how we're thinking and feeling and where we choose to invest our energy when it comes to our thoughts and beliefs and feelings. So how can you take action in this area towards feeling more peaceful? There's two major things. One is developing awareness. This is an essential skill that we can develop. Humans have the capacity to develop this. This is metacognition, right? This is noticing what we're thinking, being aware of what we're thinking. And as I said before, sometimes it really can feel like our thoughts are just thinking us, like it's happening to us. But if we can notice, oh, I'm thinking that this guy's judging me and I don't, the truth is, I don't know what this guy, you know, I don't know what's going on in his head. I don't know that this guy's judging me. That's just an example. We can notice what we're thinking. I'm thinking that my body looks wrong. I'm thinking that I look too old. I'm thinking that these folks are going to think this and that about me because I, I look so old. Or whatever it might be. Noticing that is awareness. Developing awareness. That's the same when you notice, I feel lonely right now. Or I feel like my hope is down. How can we develop awareness? There's many ways, you know, the most popular and probably 
One of the best ways is through mindfulness meditation, just practicing, noticing what's going on in your mind. That's like what mindfulness meditation is. Basically, you sit there and breathe or you sit there and listen to sounds. And when you notice you're not listening to sounds or breathing you know, or noticing your breath, then you bring yourself back. And that's kind of cultivating this metacognition. It's cultivating this witness, witness perspective. Because when you get lost, say you're supposed to be focusing on your breathing and then you get lost in thought. And then you notice you're lost in thought and you're like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be focusing on my breathing. That noticing, who's noticing that? That's the witness consciousness that's noticing that. And that's one way to develop awareness. Instead of just being all the way in the stream of our thoughts, we notice, oh, I'm in the stream of my thoughts. So you can develop awareness by setting a timer or like, okay, every time, like when I'm driving to work, every time I stop at a red light, I'm going to ask myself what I'm thinking. This has been hard for me. I've actually tried to do it that way and I forgot like immediately. So, but maybe you set a timer on your phone. Maybe you have one of those clocks, like a grandfather clock that goes dong, dong, dong. And maybe every time it rings, you check in with what you're thinking or every time that you finish a meeting, like it doesn't have to be through meditation, but developing awareness is going to take effort because most of us aren't naturally doing it. So that is an incredibly important action that we can take towards feeling more peaceful. And the second thing is self-compassion. You know, anytime you notice that you are being hard on yourself, which for many of us is like all the time, see if you can soften that voice. See if you can just give yourself compassion. Being human is hard and it doesn't get easier by us being mean to ourselves and being brutal to ourselves. And so an action that we can take that to help us cultivate inner peace is to soften that voice, to be supportive to ourselves, to be compassionate to ourselves, to recognize the difficulty of being a human being in this world and to just cut ourselves some slack. Not saying, oh, that means you can just go ahead and sit on the couch and eat bonbons all day. Not like that. I mean, this is hard. And I'm with you. This is hard and I'm here for you. This is challenging. Yeah, it's confusing. It sucks to be confused, but I'm here for you. This is a skill that we can develop just like awareness. It kind of takes awareness actually to even do it because we have to notice, oh, I'm beating myself up again, telling myself I look too old or I'm too fat or I didn't do well enough or they don't like me or whatever. We have to notice that, and that's awareness. But self-compassion is a practice. We can just start practicing. Start practicing speaking to ourselves like we would to a friend. Treating ourselves like somebody we love. So that is the action. These are just some ideas for some actions we can take to increase our inner peace. And I know it would be wonderful if inner peace just like came supernaturally and we didn't have to do anything and reading the books would be enough and then all of a sudden we'd be peaceful but it does take these baby steps the good news is that anybody can do it and again you don't have to read a single book to do it you start taking care of your body with sleep with exercise with being easy on the vices and and the junk food and then you take care of your entire operating system through awareness and through self-compassion these are the practices that I'm working on and it's made a really big difference 
It's made a really, really big difference. I am far less anxious than I used to be. I am much more optimistic and at ease in myself. Doesn't mean I never have a critical voice. Doesn't mean I never have a low mood, but it's a lot easier um, to be me than it used to be. So I hope this is helpful for you. I hope that, that this is empowering because you can take these actions. You could start right now. You don't need anything special to, to start doing this. And, and it really works. All the science points to it as well. Science is increasingly confirming all of the things that spiritual traditions say. And, and really the only spiritual thing here is just believing that you are worthy as a human being because you exist, not even as a human being, just as a living being on this earth. You deserve to feel good. You are worthy of existing and we can take steps in our lives. We can take action to, to really live into that. And that's the kind of action I'm talking about that leads to inner peace. So thank you so much for listening. I'm, I'm so, so grateful that you're here. I'll talk to you again soon. Hey, if you want to keep the peaceful vibes going, get on my email list. I'd love to send you my free ebook, The Ultimate Stress Busters Guide, packed with actionable steps to bring on the chill. Plus, I'll send you more tips and inspiration every week. There's a link in the show notes, and I'll see you in your inbox.